Throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy, with your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. It's true what they say. It's either nothing ever or all at once, like buses. What are you talking about? We haven't recorded an episode for quite a while, it feels. I think we're doing it every two weeks. Okay, yes, but it feels like a long time because schedules just are not matching up. So... What's happening in this episode, Wayne? (laughs) (laughs) So, we have, for the first time ever, I forgot to mention this to him, for the first time ever, we have a returning guest. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't, yeah, he was a guest, but he was more, he's a guest. Yeah. I was going to say interviewee, but he wasn't an interviewee. That's why I said guest. You're clever, aren't you? (laughs) It's true. It's, well, it's a rumour. It's a rumour. Anyway, so we have a returning guest in the form of Mr. English Monroe, who is talking about... N-L-P? And what does that mean, Wayne? Neuro... Neuro... Linguistic... No, linguistic... <laughs> Programming. As you see, Wayne got a lot out of the episode, so... No, we just kept referring it to it as NLP, and clearly I can't talk today, so... And what did you think, anyway? Did you, um, did you enjoy it? I actually it? think it's a really, really good episode. It went um, really fast. I'm yeah. Like, mentally fast. Like, usually... I'm aware of how long it is, but this mm-hmm. one just flew by. Yes, I agree. And I think there are loads of great nuggets of information for things like habit changing and uh, mindset changing. It talks a lot about diet mm-hmm. and um, physiolo- physiology of your mm-hmm. body, the way you hold yourself, yeah, how that affects what the way, you do. Yeah, exactly. The way that your mind also affects the way that your body works and all that sort of interesting stuff, which really can, I think, if you get it under control, I think can really be beneficial to you. So, um, should we let people listen? I think so. Here we go. Let's go. So, English, do you want to hum us into the intro of the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to (laughs) decline. Welcome back to the Power Pronouncers podcast. How's things going with you? Yeah, very well, very well. Working hard as ever on uh, multiple projects, so and uh, loving life as always. So yeah, can't complain. Although I haven't had any sleep today, so uh, <laughs> bear with me. I'm actually probably better when I haven't slept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's good. Then. <laughs> so, so how's things going with five pound teas? Any news? Any updates? Um, just working hard on the new site, new designs, um, a lot of new media coming. So probably about. Mm, a couple of weeks off launching the new site uh, and then it's all systems go really from there so yeah watch this space cool so we um we wanted to get you back guys doing? sorry i'm being really uh oh, don't worry about us we'll just put it in the vlog <laughs> <laughs> we're all good though thank yeah, you all good thank you so obviously i wanted to get you on to this episode i wanted to get you back on because i know you went to a course recently on um nlp and i think yes. a lot of people have heard nlp and 
I guess I didn't know really much about it and that's why when I was interested when you told me and so I thought it'd be great to kind of I I started doing a bit of research on it looking into it a lot more and I thought actually it'd be great to do an episode where we can actually delve into it and sort of talk about how people can actually incorporate into it into their life so I mean the first thing I had to do was actually to google what NLP is I know it stands for neural linguistic programming so do you want to just give us a bit of an intro of what it is um, it's been, it gets defined in a lot of um, dif- different ways, but really it's just sort of um, behavioural science. I think that's probably the simplest way to to, to say it, and just the, the kind of the the study of how uh, study of communication, really, particularly with oneself, and uh, how how to uh, how to use your mind. Uh, in a way that really serves you one of the um, they have what they call like four pillars of NLP um, and uh, which are um, sensory awareness um, if I can remember them all behavioral flexibility um, outcome thinking and I'm forgetting more I can't remember what's the point. It'll come back to you. It'll come to me, yeah. Actually, I've got it written down here somewhere. That's all right. Rapport. That's it. Rapport. But, um, yeah, so those are the kind of like the four the four pillars, and I kind of came in uh, in contact with it kind of more through through Tony Robbins uses it quite a lot, and uh, outcome thinking, and that that to me, and the, along with behavioural flexibility, because of those two are, are very very strongly linked. Um, being able to change your behaviour to get the outcomes you want, that really is kind of like you know personal development summed up (laughs) in a short pithy uh, sentence so that's really what NLP is the study of really I suppose how to get the best out of yourself so that you can can really design uh, the life that you want and 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 design as well and become who you who you want to be so obviously like the the word there has got like programming in there so like (laughs) it's kind of like seeing the human mind as sort of like a a computer that can be sort of reprogrammed like if that's the case if people are looking for like ways to actually reprogram that system what what sort of system are people working with right now what do you mean sorry so like why do people need to kind of why are people going to nlp to kind of reprogram what is it that they feel that is well the thing is we we are like like you said we are we are computers in that way in terms of our certainly the um, subconscious mind um, is programmed it's programmed to make your heart beat it's programmed to make your your lungs breathe you know and so um, if, if if we had to do everything by conscious thought life would be just <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like <laughs> you'd be stressed all the time wouldn't you <laughs> so so that's that's the way that we build that's how we get um, uh, you know habits. That's how we get um, you know traits um, because we, we we learn how to do things and then and then we we can the things that we decide you know whether consciously or unconsciously that we want to do regularly. Our unconscious mind just learns to do it without us having to think about it, so that we can think about other things if we choose to think. Um, so we are so we are programmed. So uh, hence why you know people are like other people where the area they're from, they're like their parents, you know, they're like, you know, the, the, the rock stars that they listen to or the music that they listen to because they've taken these things on and it's been programmed in. Um, and so, yeah, but but the problem comes is that, you know, up to, you, probably most people, myself, you know, not up until sort of very, very recently, wasn't choosing what was getting programmed in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just through uh, through envi- environment and happenstance. And so that, that 
that doesn't give you any control over your life, you know, that just leaves you awash, you know, on, on the sea, just whatever way the, the current is blowing, which is actually probably how most people feel in their lives. They don't really feel very much in control of, of anything. And so the way you start to get a measure of control is by deciding what you want, into, want, want to program into your mind, the behaviours that you want, um, yeah, and, and finding out how to program in and what's the most effective way and then get about get about doing that. Yeah, so that's the reason why we need to uh, reprogram is because we probably have all the programs that we're running, we probably haven't chosen by choice. Some of them might be there, might be desirable, but still we didn't actually consciously make a decision that, you know, I'm going to be this kind of person, I'm going to be that kind of person. And obviously when you're, when you're a grown person or even before that, really, you want, you want to be who you want to be. That's the whole point, right? So mm-hmm. NLP really just helps you to to be aware of how to how to really really do that uh, and start start being who you want to be do you think then that really starts from like a the ability to be aware of who you are initially to kind of know okay because like you say if a lot of people are being influenced by say outside factors or through education or through their family how, how do you actually be aware that okay this is the way i run like is there a sort of process where you sort of say well this is the current Windows 98 that I'm running, running. How do you how do you figure that out? Heaven forbid anybody's running on Windows 98. <laughs> Note to self: Do not get in conversations about Windows when you got an Apple gig. In, in a Sorry. <laughs> Explain the question again, because I, I don't know if I'm understanding. But I'm actually just asking really bad questions. <laughs> well, I'm saying like, how do you? Because like, you have to be aware of where you're at before you can decide yes, to where absolutely. you want to make that shift. So like, is there sort of a process? Do they say, well, let's find out like how you're running right now? Let's get conscious of the way that you're running before we can start actually putting a new system there's one specific um way that i'm aware of that is kind of like standard practice in an nlp world i I don't know i could be wrong i'm not in the nlp world just just Mm -hmm. an interesting but uh, i mean i think it would be pretty obvious to say that it's just going to be sort of introspection you have to Mm -hmm. um i know for me yeah certainly there was a lot of when i got into, into nlp um, I did think about some things, you know, from my past that I hadn't thought about probably from the moment it happened until, you know, <laughs> in, uh, in my 30s. So I think certainly it will it will cause you to think back, to try and trace back certain traits. And obviously you won't do it, you probably won't do it for your full character because that, that might take a, a long time but certainly for the ones that you you're having maybe issues with in your life or maybe ones that you're you're doing well with and you kind of want to know why maybe you want to do better um so yeah i don't, I, I couldn't recommend any specific practices but but i would just say that for me it was just uh, taking the time to sort of be alone and to really really think um yeah about what, what are my traits you know pen and paper as well if that helps and, and write it out you know, what do people say about you? What's something that you, you've maybe heard a lot? You know, you're really defensive or... You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not defensive. Yeah. <laughs> Who told you I was defensive? Really, really optimistic. And then, you know, why are you like that? Is there anything And You know, sometimes I, there's some things I trace back to, to specific instances. And there were some things that I traced back maybe to uh, a phase I was going through. But then because of how I was during that phase and the feedback that I got, then I identified with that behaviour as opposed to thinking it was something that was coming and going and then once I identified with it, it was programmed in and then, you know, it, it, it just sticks. So, yeah, I would just say introspection really is key and obviously that that 
is is kind of honest on you if you if you want to get results to be honest with yourself about yourself asking other people can help funnily enough this week i've been asking people if they could change one thing about me to make me better what would they do Ooh. haven't had any answers back yet so. <laughs> <laughs> i'll put together my list and i'll send it over but stuff like that can help people who are around you and who know you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get their opinion and obviously if something's coming up three, four or five times then, then maybe maybe that's something that's worth uh, investigating mm-hmm. but yeah introspection in a word definitely I went to um, as I told you I went to this Martini um, seminar in the week and yeah. his, his big sort of um package which he sells is this kind of breakthrough experience where you kind of you look back at the people who are in your life and you find out how they molded you into maybe who you are today and it's kind of taking that time to sit down and say well I don't know like I was doing sort of the breakthrough experience on myself you think well maybe I was brought up in a family that maybe money was so like everyone was like oh we haven't got enough money for this and haven't got enough money for that and but actually that little impetus might have been the thing that makes me really want to start a business that really wants to make me to be a success and yeah, yeah, I yeah, think you actually yeah. look back and you actually look at the people around you in your life as you're growing yeah. and you realise that they had a massive they have a huge impact on the kind of the, ref, the refracted sort of set of uh, kind of personality traits that came out of you because of the way they were at Absolutely. a particular time and so well, environment is everything when you when you when we come into the world um, you know, up, certainly up until about age three or four, um, you don't have any filter. <laughs> you know, you don't you, you don't consciously reject anything, uh, really, until in you know that sort of age, and then and then start. Um, and so, yeah, so everything that just went in is in. Do you know what I mean? And so it, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly your environment. And then if you, if at that age, you know, you don't learn NLP, probably for a few more years. <laughs> so are you, are you saying that we should be teaching it in schools? <laughs> you know what? I don't want to rag on the school systems, but, you know, we, we uh, there's a lot of society now who are walking around without a lot of what really should be deemed basic life skills, you know, having done years and years and years and years and years of education. So... Um, certainly schools could be teaching a, a, a lot more uh, things that are relevant to life, you know, that are to do with emotional intelligence, emotional strengths and, and behavioural, uh, not in a, you know, learn how to sit on the carpet type of way, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learn how, learn how to how, how to manage your, your mind and your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think certainly at, at a young age, I know it's something that I teach my daughter and I'm quite interested to see um, how how that how it'll work out for her, you know. Um, but certainly, I, I I want her to be sort of more uh, socially and self-aware, you know, that she, so that she can make good decisions for herself. Then you know, then I had to wait until my sort of late twenties. So I, I I do wonder what what it would be like for somebody who had who kind of had those choices or those tools from age three four, you know, moving forward. So so we'll see. Not that she's an experiment, but <laughs> so right, I'll be doing all the psychological experiments for my yeah. kids. Just you always kind of want whatever you have that's good, you know, and then you wish that you had at an earlier age, you know, you when your children to have. So hundred percent. So what do you think um, are kind of the almost causes for the need for NLP like what what is it do you think that really makes people get into a position where they're feeling the need to improve and, and if that makes sense yeah like why, what, what made you go there yeah what made you I turn up I, I would probably just say um, 
crisis. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, uh, people who I guess if you're if you're concerned um, about getting a getting a result, you know, I think if a lot of people, I think the worst place you could be in life, and this is this is just my personal. Uh, thoughts on it. I think the worst place you could be in life is just comfortable, kind of where there's, there's, there's a lack of stimulus of anything that's taking you outside of your comfort zone because then you never introspect. And uh, it's kind of like you've been lulled into this kind of light coma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can end up at the end of your life having never asked yourself the big questions or never really experienced anything that you really wanted to experience or never even got in touch with the question what do I want you know because you've mm-hmm. just been kind of discovered to discomfort so um, it's usually either crisis you know a, a, a major low or a major high I think can, can cause you to want to know um, something I know uh, Bob Proctor actually um, kind of fell into personal development and had fantastic results you know started earning millions and then he's at what well, actually that high of, of thinking wow I'm earning all this money don't quite know how I'm doing it caused him to want to find out why so sometimes mm-hmm. it could be a big high like that like you made a load of money and your life's going amazing and you don't know why And but for most of us um, it's that things aren't going so well and uh, you're just trying to figure it out. So I think the need the need arises from, uh, for me, I think from just sort of people not being emotionally intelligent, emotionally strong, and then they're looking at their life and they're not getting the results that they want, and then they start searching for answers. Mm-hmm. So what sort of um, obviously you say you mentioned their tools there. What sort of tools were they sort of passing on in, a, in the talk you went to? Um, in the course, there was there was there was a lot. There was there's a lot of sort of different um, exercises and stuff. But I think um, to link it to the linguistics, I know certainly for me this is probably still the the one of the one of the best things I've learned is about how you how you talk to yourself, how you communicate with yourself, linguistic, you know, in in your mind. Word, the words you use um, with yourself, and even the pictures as well, because obviously that is a form of um, communication. That's not necessarily linguistic, but um, but yeah, for just learning ways how to reframe things. So what, one of the things that Tony Robbins uses a lot, and it's kind of the first thing I would kind of tell tell someone if they were interested in in sort of changing their behaviour. Um, is to say basically if you want a result speak about it in the positive and as specifically as you want rather than the negative so rather than um, you know I don't want to be fat (laughs) you know I want to be lean and muscular weighing x pounds and so that linguistic reframe although you don't want to be fat you might be you know somewhere in your distant mind having this image of a you know a lean person by the fact that you're using that language actually your mind is 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 throwing up probably a more more images and feelings associated with fat than it is with fit mm-hmm. and, and so <clears throat> that's one of the that's one of the sort of easy takeaway ones that you can take away and think to yourself where you know are there things that I'm wanting but I'm, I'm speaking about it in the negative I don't want to be poor anymore yeah okay cool but so then what do you want to be you know mm-hmm. so it's sort of like you, you create that vision rather than yeah absolutely. rather than being defensive to yourself because as soon like if someone says something about your identity you're instantly going to be super defensive about it whereas if you kind of put the vision it's kind of like oh well I could be this and I, I'm absolutely. moving towards that 
but uh, I think I think more more to the point is that we the, the word is going is going to have associated images with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So the word fat has associated images, and you know, muscle has associated images in your mind. Do you know what I mean? So you got to you can sort of hope if you know what you really want and just think, okay, if I say that word, what kind of um, feelings and pictures have I got associated to that particular word? And then when you can figure out the, the words that have got the pictures and the feelings that you want to feel, so then use those words, uh, in, you know, in your sentences versus the words that, that are throwing up bad feelings and bad images. And so that that's kind of where the, the, the specifically getting heavy into the language um, with, with NLP kind of works really, really well. And I think a lot of sort of therapists and stuff and are quite skilled, which is probably why that Martini experience is probably worth the money. I don't know what it costs, but um, somebody who knows specifically how to lead you um, to the cause of something, and then once you've identified it, can really give you the right, um, you know, glossary for you to be using to reach where you want to reach. Well, well, uh, one, one thing he does um, in particular is he sort of says, like, whatever it is you want to make that change, it's like think about 200 reasons why that change is going to benefit your life yeah. and so like you say if it's like I don't want to be fat well actually think about 200 reasons why being healthy is, is going to yeah. benefit you and so yeah. Yeah. it's not like a light task it's like you're not just doing I know 10 20 reasons why you want it. it's 200 so it's going to yeah. take a yeah. lot of thought and once you've programmed your brain 200 reasons why being healthy is going to actually serve you and get you to where you want to be Absolutely. it becomes much more realistic than saying well you fly and by the time you get to 50 <laughs> yeah exactly you'll be doing pet press ups while you're while you're like writing down the next ones cheeseburger again but that's what I mean people don't give themselves enough sort of impetus for why that that action should come about and like it's like it's, it's, it's crazy that our brains work in a way that we have to convince them before they want to do it for us it's like we have to treat them in that sort of way that is the, the, the lizard brain needs to be convinced absolutely well they, i think you know in, in personal development they said that the how is never the problem how to do something is never ever the problem mm-hmm. you know because there is a way to do it like you said there's probably 200 ways to do it there's probably you know there's 4400 ways to do it different ways but if you haven't got those reasons if you haven't got you know there could be 200 ways but if, if you haven't got 200 reasons like what you're saying to do it then probably you could know all of those ways and you're never going to do any of them because mm-hmm. you, the motivation isn't there. So, yeah, I mean, that's quite powerful. As you say, if you've got 200 interlocking reasons in your mind, then, you know, no matter which way the, the rationale of making you not want to do it tries to turn, mm-hmm. it finds another reason that turns it turns you back, you know, to the behaviour that you want to be you want to be doing. So, yeah, that, that's, that, I can imagine that is a very, very powerful thing uh, to do. Yeah, I guess... That's I might be doing a little bit of that later today. <laughs> I guess if you're going approaching it from the position of trying to do it from willpower alone because it's something that you feel you should do, like I feel I should be healthy, I feel I should look good, I, I guess you can start off really strong but in a week or two, um, particularly if it is something that takes a lot longer to actually achieve, the willpower will quickly deteriorate. Whereas if you're going from the position of, well, if I do this and if I stick at it, I will get these results and this will happen and that will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the better way to approach it rather than what most people do, which is probably through willpower. I think um, one, one thing Martini says is like, he goes, most people don't need motivation. They just need to make the thing they want to change a higher priority value in their life. 
It's mm-hmm. like when something you value something a lot. So the 200 reasons creates a higher value in the action. And yes. once that action's there and you value it highly, you don't need to kind of watch the motivational video as often, or you don't have to look at the picture of someone in great shape. They're great little things to stimulate you, but you already know, like, I was speaking to um, one, of the guy, one of my friends recently, and I was like, um, when I was in the train station, like, I'd, um, I always take the stairs instead of the escalators. I like to take the stairs, and it's like, I don't need to be motivated to take the stairs because to me, I value health so highly that it's just yeah. auto- it's autopilot. Yeah. I'm going up the stairs, end of. Yeah. But to somebody else, they need to think like, someone like give me something at the top is there a donut at the top of the stairs that i'm going to get if i get up there <laughs> yeah, yeah. is there is if i get up to the top will the ticket guy let me through for free like yeah. will like what's the benefit for me getting to the top but to me i'm like i value my health so highly that to me to get up there is just no questions asked and so that's why you have to sort of make that switch yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i think yeah no that that's that's key that's that's key i think uh, again you've got to yeah, you got you got to know your values. That's a part of kind of know, knowing your values, isn't it? Which I guess what the initial exercises are, because then if you know what you value, you can sort of you and you like you say you you attach the new behaviour to the value because you will always be able to link a desired behaviour that you want to something that's a core value. Otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't be important. To, you know whether you know what those are. You know at that present time when you're kind of deciding to better yourself, it it will link back to a core value that you have. So being more cognizant of what that is and then and then using that wheel wheel stage that uh, you just talked about Wayne to really strengthen that Mm -hmm. so that you are you're conscious of the fact that that willpower is gonna fall so during that stage you're strengthening the the bonds between the behavior and actually you know what what really makes you tick you know versus what you're you're sort of consciously thinking to do in that moment if that makes sense Mm -hmm. no it does it does um obviously some for some cases like people might figure like try to figure out like oh what are my values and sometimes their values are actually things that they don't want to be their values so yeah yeah it could be that you kind of figure out that well actually i spend most of my time i don't know going out partying or i spend my time when i earn money i straight away go myself buy myself some new clothes and spend it straight away and so obviously um how can nlp sort of help in terms of shifting your if your value is not something that actually I guess you you will have your goal, but then your values at the current moment do not match. They're not going to get you towards your goal. Is there a sort yeah, of way you can I make that I shift? Think, I, um, I think maybe, you know, the behaviour, your your current behaviour is programmed in. Is I wouldn't really necessarily say reflects your value. Reflects your values. It may reflect what your you know. I think I'm kind of thinking about true values versus. Um, yeah, a, a behaviour that's attached to, like you say, a, a value that you you might be acting out. But I think you 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 kind of only know what you truly value when you really get in touch with yourself. And I'm not talking about that your program behavioural self, um, but you know rather not not to get too you know esoteric or metaphysical or whatever. But you know when you really meditate and kind of try yeah try and really go inside and think about what do you want outside of. Um, eliminating as much sort of external influence as you can, then I think you find your values, and I think that you are uh, the be- most of your behaviour will be out of line with what you actually value. Mm. Um, so I think yes, yeah, so I think I don't think that the, your behaviour, if if you're unhappy with it, 
is going to represent your value. I think it's just going to be representing, you know, a, a bad habit, and and I would detach it from your actual self and what you value. I think I think that can only really, really be answered from really, you know, like introspection. Because some people can can spend their whole life really, really being some and 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 representing something that they completely do not value. Do you know what I mean? But they've just never stopped um, to kind of yeah answer those questions. So. Yeah, for me, I think the the premise doesn't doesn't really stand. I don't I don't think um, you would have a value that you really don't want. I think it would just probably make, might be a really old and ingrained behaviour that maybe you think you value, but I think you have to really get in touch with yourself, you know, in in a different way and on a deeper level to know what you do value. Yeah, I've heard as well um, that specificity is really important when you're trying to change your behaviour. Um, to match your values as well. So something along the lines of um, going to the gym, it's not I'm going to go to the gym every day, that's not specific enough. It's it's better to be something along the lines of I'm going to the gym for 45 minutes every day and I, st- I as soon as I get there, it's 45 minutes exactly and then I go, for example, in order to get the habit. So I was just wondering if you could touch on that a little. Um, yeah, it's funny because I've heard I've heard that and I've heard the other as well that sometimes it's, it's better to be um more general with it I, I think that kind of depends on personality types i think in terms of for for 90 you know 90 percent of people it is it is better to be specific if the speci- if the specificity overwhelms you that's when it's good to kind of be the other way and just think right. okay I'm just going to the gym, um, but for most of us who kind of yearn for as much you know detail as, as possible, especially if we're making it, um, like you said, if you're spe- specifying the exact time and it's not a time that um, makes you feel overwhelmed, it's a short mm-hmm. time, whatever, and and uh, you've kind of almost done it already in your mind, you know, because you've been so specific about what you're going to do. I'm going to get there, you know, this. I'll have my towel, you know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> You know, then you've kind of almost walked through it already, and then it's it's easier to do because your your mind has kind of already already done it. You know, yeah. so there's less um, there's less trepidation and less resistance when you go to do um, the actual thing. But yeah, I think any 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 time in life, if you're going to if some if there's something that you're going to buy or you're going to buy into, the more detail you have, the more likely you are to follow through. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If someone says, you know, let's go to this club that costs a hundred pounds to get in and you're probably going to want some detail before you, do it. <laughs> you know, what, you, what you're getting for your money so so yeah. same it's same going back to the lizard brain it's like give me the full details before i do the shift absolutely 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 so yeah so it just and again going back to language as well obviously you're using more and more words and so um there's more and more imagery there's more and more feeling associated mm-hmm. with it's going to help you um, with the follow through, but yeah, because because being being vague can can sort of um, just yeah just freight of confuse you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, the the knowing exactly what it is, breaking it down in your mind to know exactly what what you're doing um, is gonna it's just gonna be helpful when it's especially when it's something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. With um, NLP, NLP has that sort of basis that you are, you like you were saying there, like you're not your behaviours. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, a lot of people run on their behaviours. When you stop running on your behaviours, and I know Martin did talk about this, he's like, he, he knows when he's kind of tapped into somebody, he's, he's switched someone's behaviours, 
is that they have like a full-on identity crisis. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know whether you've experienced that yourself. I know I did, and I know my girlfriend said to me plenty of times, she's like, you're not the same person you were. Like, you're not. <laughs> yeah. It feels like I've got a different boyfriend now, and maybe that's a good or bad thing. She's still with me, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's what people... Um, I think that's quite a really kind of scary in a way because you think, well, I've been acting out these sort of stories of who I am for so long. I, I've been running these behaviours, these habits... And now you go and say, maybe you start reading one of these NLP books or you go to one of these seminars and this guy literally just switches you and says, well, actually you're doing these behaviors, but your values are actually this underneath like introspection, like you say. Like, have you had any experience with that sort of having a bit of identity crisis? I think, I think that's kind of a, a lifelong thing. I think when you, when you are growing, I think a lot of people Societally, we are sort of want to we have we hold up the this sort of holy grail of um, kind of knowing exactly who we are. Do you know what I mean? And being a type of uh, person, you know. And we base it on a lot of things. And uh, really, when you when you break it down, you know, it, it it's quite superficial. Do you know what I mean? And so, I think that just what people are aspiring to. Uh, to, to have such a solid identity um, in the way that people are doing it is, is the reason why people are uncomfortable. Uh, you you kind of have these crises because of, because of what you practice for so long. But I'm sort of trying to become more comfortable with the idea of not necessarily being such a set personality. I want to grow and I'm and I'm and I'm happy to change, but more being set. In what I value, because then I think if you're grounded more, like in say in your values of health, you know maybe in your values of uh, generosity, and this is my own, this is only my own personal philosophy, you know, but um, I'm trying to sort of be to live more out of my values than rather trying to be any specific way and let let my behaviours be built. Um, on those values, you know, rather than thinking, um, oh, you know, I'm from Woolwich, so I've got to be rough or something like that. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know I'm Jamaican, so I'm going to be loud. Or, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. So I think, but yeah, because just because we uh, we we do grow up with that, do you know what I mean? And we we feel we have to be a certain way, or we feel we have to know um, exactly exactly who we are, you know, at all times. Then yeah, when you when you stop and think, okay, you're going to change your behaviour, or actually, no, that's not. That's not who you are. That's how you've been acting. Then, because of that, because of that old programming, you will feel that. Ah, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> but to me, what, what I guess ultimately, what I'm saying is, the more in, the more important question for me now with this is not who I am, but what are my values? You know, mm -hmm. then uh, and then I kind of using that as the base. Um, for for re, re, rebuilding my character, I'd say. Yeah. Do you think it's um, a good idea to really look at kind of the people that inspire you, your heroes, your um, mentors to a degree, and kind of trying to model yourself on those people, or do you oh, think it's better yeah. to do it kind of on your own steam? You're speaking about modelling. I think when you're modelling, you're always modelling traits, and so. It's very, uh, it's kind of important to to consciously uh, acknowledge that, you know, because you're not, you know, copying necessarily uh, Steve Jobs. 
you, you're copying innovation as modelled in Steve Jobs, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think modelling is a great is a great thing. Certainly, um, I know I, I use it a lot in business, but obviously, again, for, for for personal for your personal use as well. Absolutely, if somebody is embodying a way of being and acting it out, and you can look at what they're doing uh, and understand their you know what what's making allowing them to be so effective in displaying it, then uh, it that that just that is the how, do you know what I mean? If you are looking for the how and the why sometimes all wrapped up in one in, in an individual and being that we are sort of very, you know, most of the very, um, you know, visual creatures and we would kind of like to attach ourselves to ours or find it easier to, to learn in that way. Mm-hmm. Then I think modeling probably is the quickest and easiest route, you know, based on your own pro- programming. But ultimately it, you are, you want to take that model, and then going going more into what you the, the, what you asked Wayne is that you do want to take that and really think about yourself, you know, it, it, displaying that trait, you know, as seen in person. X. So it's a bit it's a bit of both. Modeling is excellent. I think modeling, um, as I say, will get, kind of get you the quickest results, mm-hmm. the right amount of time. But if you don't do it with enough of like what you say in your, seeing yourself in that mm-hmm. light then I, I guess it will you you will kind of really have a crisis because it's going you're going to feel more like you're like you're just a copy of yeah <laughs> of i guess it's i guess it's different than being like i want to be steve jobs yeah like start <laughs> dressing exactly. in all black yeah. and start wearing yeah. certain glasses that picasso quote where he said um, good artists copy great artists steal mm-hmm. because you're saying you know if you if you copied something you've just looked at it and you've done exactly what that person is doing mm-hmm. But if you steal, if you stop, if you literally take yourself, you, you, you know, he was he was intimate to the point that you make it yours. So you, you're filtering that. You, you're taking something somebody else has done, but you're doing it in your way. You know, so yeah. you haven't copied it. You've actually stolen it, made it your own, and 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 in that way, it's it's a new expression. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So so that's what you want to do. You don't want to you don't want to copy. You want to steal that trait from him, and actually now it's in your possession you know so you're not going to do it exactly the same mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that, that i think that kind of sums it up quite nicely mm-hmm. i'm really interested in how um nlp works on like on an actual biological sense i know a lot of people talk about sort of um i've heard about how you can actually program important moments into you so like um me and wayne were talking earlier like you can be able to bring emotions back through from a situation that empowers you in that moment I mean, yeah. that sounds yeah. kind of like what I can I can feel as good as I felt when I won that award, or I can yeah. Yeah. I can have the confidence, or I want to I want to program that feeling of once I've left the gym, and you know you feel like you're walking on air, and you're yeah. you're yeah. all pumped, yeah. and yeah. you feel everybody's checking you out, and like that yeah. like they sort of say in NLP that you can tap into those experiences because really yeah. 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 It's, it's just a it's just a reaction, it's a chemical reaction that is programmed into that that moment after the gym, but you can pull that into other aspects. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, I haven't had great, uh, you know, greatly uh, a lot of experience with that, but I have experienced it. You know, I have experienced, um, yeah, reliving very, very vividly, um, you know, feelings of success and feelings of elation. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's just something that can be done. To be honest, it's like, it's like what you call 
um, it's like reverse worrying, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because when you worry, you 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 create a situation in your mind that isn't real, mm -hmm. but you start to physically experience the real effects of that thing hence why you know you might get sweaty you might start feeling nervous so you are feeling the feelings of a situation that isn't physically there that we do every day and we find it easier to do in that way but we don't find it so easy to do it in the other direction mm -hmm. but if we but if we practice it and i don't know the exact practices that, that they use in nlp but you can just imagine if you if you know how to do that in reverse so you're you're you're, you're linking back and you're thinking and i I suppose this is where um, sensory awareness comes in because when they get you to think about that good time, they might ask you, what did you smell at that time? What, what colors did you see? Um, how was you standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How was, you, how was you breathing? And then if you can have all of that detail in your mind, more than likely you are going to be able to recreate that feeling and then it much like in a reverse way start to get the poise that came with that feeling and, and you know and start to get the yeah just like the higher consciousness and all, all of the the uh the things that came with that time and, I, and it's something actually i would i definitely myself you know i think basically it's what you know tony robbins certainly refers to being in state mm -hmm. so you 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 are now learning how to generate that state as he says you know as quickly as that because you know that you know the things that trigger it in you and then when you need it you know you got that job interview or you know you got that that really important meeting and you can you've got that reference point of that feeling that you want to have and you can trigger it then you can obviously you know anybody listening can can see how beneficial that would be to have you know in your uh, behavioral Armory. Yeah, I feel I can talk about this in quite some detail, this aspect, because it's a skill that I was trained to use as an actor, and I do use it almost all the time. Yeah, um, it's emotional memory, it's sensory memory, and, and basically, as Jem said, it is a chemical shift in the brain, yeah. um, and it does work both ways. As an actor, you can either choose to feel depressed and then hope that that will uh, physically uh, manifest itself on stage or in front of camera but it also works the other way around if you physically manifest yourself to be manifest yourself I don't know yes. if you physically uh, walk around uh, with slumped shoulders heads hanging and whatever yes. you're going to start to feel depressed um, yeah. and it's yeah. the same thing you, you know try skipping with attitude it just can't be done you cannot skip looking <laughs> miserable it just it's physically impossible really and for anyone to take it seriously at least yeah. because the, the act of skipping makes your brain it releases endorphins or whatever it does yeah, and it yeah. makes you feel happier and, and things like that and uh, sense memory as well if you want if you smell a certain perfume that maybe yes. reminds you of a girl that you once dated uh, that will bring back either positive or negative feelings depending on how it went <laughs> um, and it's something that you have it's actually once you get into the habit of using it it yeah. is actually very very easy to tap into um, yeah. I mean consider as, a, as an actor you're playing uh, a murderer for example um, hopefully you've never murdered anyone so you have to you have to use other emotions to conjure up the feelings of wanting to kill someone and so you, you'll often tap into previous events in your life uh, um, and, and other things to, to generate that yeah, so yeah. if it is something that anyone is interested in looking into um, maybe looking into some acting classes could be really really useful I've, I've for that sort of thing actually um, for you know a lot by a lot of sort of personal 
development gurus, if you want to, if you want to call them that. I know Bob Proctor recommends very, very highly a book called uh, "The Act of Art in uh, the, the, uh, the Art of Acting." Even the Act of Arting, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go for any uh, budding writers out there. To, uh, we, give, right. we give away free titles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the art of acting, and he actually just says it's the it is the art of life, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, I'm going back. I think that links in a little bit with with um, sort of the identity crisis thing, and, and which is why I think grounding yourself in values is kind of a little bit more of a safe ground because I know a lot of actors speak about I know Christian Bale spoken about this sort of just losing yourself and, and Daniel Day-Lewis obviously being somebody you know pretending to be somebody else so well that it wasn't really pretending mm-hmm. um, you know and, and, and being all these different people can, can sort you know they come back sort of look at themselves in the mirror thinking who the hell am I I don't know if, can you can you speak on that have you ever um, well I kind of take a different standpoint on it because I, without discrediting their work and I, I don't mean any disrespect to this but I have heard stories that Daniel Day-Lewis will speak will come home and talk to his wife as if he's that other character oh yeah and, I think he stays in character yeah and I think you. for me that's dangerous I think from a neurological perspective it's very dangerous to be doing that because then you do have identity crises on a regular basis and to be honest I kind of think that's ultimately what did Heath Ledger in yeah, um, because yeah. I had heard whether or not this is true I heard that he had locked himself away for about a month uh, to work on the character of the Joker who was a clearly messed up character anyway yeah, and if yeah. you're living that life for a whole month with no contact with anybody else no contact with the outside world you're going to do yourself uh, da- damage mentally um, so I come, kind of come from the school where you turn it on and you turn it off and you take the time to turn it off yeah. um, because you are very much in danger of I mean I, I even find even though I go through the process of turning it off I still have some mannerisms that I've picked up from some characters that I've created that I'll yeah. do every now and then it will just come and I'll be like oh my god I can't believe I'm doing that <laughs> yeah um and, and that's from someone that tries to turn it off and tries to rid myself of the character after every performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is a... I think just in that itself, I think that's proof that NLP really can be very effective. If I'm yeah. keeping mannerisms that have become habit because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. doing them on stage every day for a month, Yeah. Um, I think that, that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a little uh, interesting... Uh, story that I'll just throw in there that, that you, you're, what you were just saying made me think of and it was to do with um, Dustin Hoffman and, an, and another actor I can't remember of an older generation they were working on a film together and, and basically Dustin Hoffman came in in the morning for this scene and I think he was both basically supposed to be acting you know part of like a homeless man and he was like you know completely stunk and looked like you know <laughs> <laughs> looked a mess and I can't remember the name of the uh, the older actor, but he said, you know, you you look terrible. And he said, oh, I, I slept, you know, out on the street last night. You know, he, he literally went went homeless. You know, I think for a couple of nights before the shoot. And uh, the the uh, the older actor said, why don't you try acting, my son? Yes, that was uh, Laurence Olivier. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's different. It's different schools, but yeah, it, it, it just it, it just goes to show. Obviously, he's, he's one of the great actors of our time. But they 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 have obviously bought into this 
this idea of really um, just, yeah, really embodying it and having as much uh, reference point as he can from mm -hmm. actually having lived it so that he can then, you know, so that he could then recreate that, you know, for, for character is, is, I guess, what you're doing, but you're, but minus the cameras because you want to actually recreate that mm -hmm. you know, actually in your in a, in, a, in your real life in a in a particular situation. So yeah, as you say, it does really speak um, to the power of what NLP could mm -hmm. you know positively do for an individual. It's like um, actually I had a quote that I wrote down in the notes and it was like um, going on the acting theme. It was um, you can run your brain as skillfully as Spielberg or Scorsese runs his set. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, that's a nice quote. That's a nice quote, and you can, and I think that that that, that kind of is, yeah, what you want to do. You know, why why wouldn't you run your mind efficiently? You know, it, it doesn't make sense if they're. Um, I, I I I use this quote in, in personal development all the time. It's like when you learn uh, affirmations and stuff like this. It's like using a Hoover to to clean the, the house versus you know someone giving you a toothbrush and saying clean the stairs. Do you know what I mean? Like most of us I tell have them where to go. With this toothbrush, you know, like trying to do stuff. It's like you learn all these other tools and they're just much more efficient. That's a much more efficient way to think. And so why would you still use you know quote unquote the toothbrush when you now have you know knowledge of and access to you know the Hoover to be able to to clean up situations and so it just makes sense to, to learn these tools, you know, and use them. And if not, why why wouldn't you? Why would you be adverse to that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think there's um, two things that I know Anthony Robin talks about, which I've sort of tried to incorporate myself. And um, one is the one where he says, like, he's big into posture, how you hold yourself, to how that sort so, of really changes yeah. your physiology. And he sort of says, like, every time you walk through a, a door, Remember, remind yourself to hold your posture, bring your shoulders back, bring your chest up, yeah. and just start doing that. Every time you walk through the door, just use the door as a reminder to hold yourself well. And he says, like, after a couple of weeks, a few months, literally every time you, you enter a door, you are, like, you're looking powerful, your posture's up, you're, you're opened up your lungs, you're breathing well, you're in a relaxed state, you're in an open state to welcome other people. And he said it just becomes, like you say with the acting, it just becomes that program, it's in there, yeah. you walk in and people want to come over and talk to you. Yeah. And so I think... That's the aspect of NLP that I don't use enough because it was either the mind affects the body, but the body can affect the mind. Like what that mm -hmm. thing was talking about before, whereas if you take on the characteristics of, you know, when you're depressed, you hold yourself in a certain way, shoulders, mm -hmm. shadow breathing, you know, head on your over your eyes or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, I think that's something as well, which is, which is a bit kind of like a hack, isn't it, Jeremy? Mm -hmm. Just to, to use your body in the right way. Um, is something that can be uber, uber, uber powerful. And, and the other one he talks about a lot, I think he calls it like the seven day, like, I don't know, detox from like negative thinking. And he says like, every time you have that sort of, your brain's gonna say, oh, I don't feel like going out today. You have to like, in that moment, you have to quickly say the positive of it. And he yeah. says like, you have to go seven days where every time you have that, thought that's sort of gonna hold you back, you attack it. But if you forget to attack, you have to start the seven days again. Okay. So if you forget, and he says basically after seven days, every single time that you you end up saying something that's unimpact, like it's not empowering for you, it will, your brain will suddenly get into this habit of always giving you the other option, just so that you can have two versions of the situation, and then you've got then it's a fair conversation, like the, you're told at school, like write your essay where you 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 look at right. both points before you make your decision. <laughs> Whereas a lot of people are so comfortable with making their decision on that one one bit of proof, and most of the time, like we're, we're wired towards that negative perspective. So at least at least try to train yourself so you can have a two-sided conversation. So yeah, then yeah. choose which one serves you better. It's like playing devil's advocate with yourself. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I guess that that the the, the thing that makes that particular exercise really effective is the, is the is the reset if you forget to do it because, but by the time I, I I don't imagine there's anybody who did it first time and did it in seven days. You know? <laughs> Definitely not. So. By the time you, if you get to the point where for seven days consistently, every single time you had a negative thought, you then came back at it with a positive thought, you're going to be a brand new person. You know, let's let's face it, you're gonna you're gonna be a lot more in control of uh, the consistency of good decisions that you're going to be making on any given day. And you know how much how much uh, benefit could that have to you know during one week of of making, you know, better decisions for yourself. You know, it can be can be amazing. And, that, and, and that, some people have utilized this really really you know fantastically you know and i, I think I, I i now that we kind of speak about it i, I think i've underused that even though i've kind of dabbled it and i've been on this course and i suppose that that is kind of the the crux of, of life really we underuse the good things that we have you know mm-hmm. um but yeah no so i think i think I feel good in what we're discussing here for for any listeners. Certainly, I think uh, hopefully they'll be they'll be a lot more uh, interested in, in in using these things uh, to to better themselves. Definitely, for me, like as I say, like I'm more I come at it from the sort of health perspective, and like uh, me and Wayne were talking just before, and I was just talking about the types of foods we put in our body are sort of are also those those messages. They're the NLP message you're giving your body, and um, me and Wayne were talking about the um, the cinema the cinema situation, like. Yeah. When you're in a lazy situation, most people are feeling lazy. Then they go for like maybe like a high sugar food, or they go for the fizzy drink and the popcorn. Right. Yeah. And so what you're doing is every time you're lazy, you're giving yourself a massive dopamine rush from this high reward food. And so you're basically programming yourself to want to be lazy because every time you're lazy, you get this massive great feeling of eating the Haribo, eating the, <laughs> the fizzy drink. <laughs> and, and so some people don't actually realise that they've, they, they've been programming themselves for ages in these habits. And it's just sometimes that's why I love to look at what you eating. Like, are you eating lots of sugars? Are you um, eating lots of grains that are spiking insulin? Because it does go down onto that level to the biology of it that you're programming yourself more than just the, the from the mind side as well. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. That's very powerful. I say that. Yeah. I have a every time I I'm not cinema, but every time I go to my my dad's house, I find it impossible not to eat tons of sweets. So. <laughs> 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 There's clearly some deep psychological. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, I could be have been eating, you know, phenomenally well that week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, somewhere deep in my subconscious mind, I'm, you know, I've just uh, I've attached to being in particularly in his home mm-hmm. with, with, um, with that eating. But it, it just goes on to what you're saying about, you know, really, I think that, that that's conditioning. It shows how powerful uh, learning to control that can be. And there's another thing, like I, I heard recently, I read a great article, which I also share in the blog. It's just like using things like binaural beats is another way that you kind of can tap into that subconscious, get your brain working in a certain way. And like you can use these these beats to sort of get the right and left brain working together. And when they're working together, they actually wire together betterly, better. Yes. So you're going to get a much more solid connection but I'll, I'll, I guess I say I can't explain it as good as this article but I'm going to share that out there with other people no worries no worries, no worries. Um, are there any um, obviously we're going to wrap things up now I've been 50 minutes so um, I don't know whether there's any sort of tips or little little things that you're doing that, or that people can start maybe doing today um, I think about what I, what I spoke about in the beginning just sort of and, and even goes goes to, to that exercise that you just mentioned really about um, just re- reframing things from the negative to the positive sounds quite simple um, but 
can just really, really, really have a powerful effect. I think, you know, NLP, I think most strongly is, is always, as I say, one of the main four pillars is outcome thinking, you know? So what do, what do you want, not what do you not want? You know, what do you want? And as you say, if you think about, if, if a thought comes into your mind of what you don't want or negative, like what you what me and you've been speaking about as well, what is the other end of that stick? You know what is it? What is it? The thing that that you that you do want? You know why? Why is there such a, a, a strong desire to not have that hope, not have that negative? And when you fully know what the other side of that is, just trying to learn to speak from that end, you know, of of the stick or that side of the coin, you know, versus the other side, or at least as you said in that in that um, exercise, a seven day exercise, at least have at minimum both sides of the coin you know, mm-hmm. rather, than, rather than just the negative side so yeah so so, so just speaking in the positive maybe yeah give yourself a, a day period where you say okay even if you write them out in the beginning I literally wrote them out you know I wrote down the things that I used to say I didn't want and wrote I actually what is it that, that I actually want then if I, if I don't want that thing you know what I mean and I think people, people need to kind of um, see that actually like when they do this seven day um, trial like I say it's seven days but actually failure is actually really good for the process because when you get four days in and then you forget and you have to start again your your brain's saying oh crap I failed I have to do another seven days and that failure is making your brain say okay let's get well more efficient at this because I don't want to fail again and so the process of the failure is actually going to make it stronger much more faster now and that's what Anthony Robin talks about he's like you're not going to get there in the first week 100% no, but no. that's a bonus <laughs> pulling yourself back is actually the the, the benefit of the exercise is mm-hmm. the biggest benefit of when you become cognizant of the fact that you haven't done something and you pull yourself back strengthening that muscle and that ability um, is 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 like an invaluable skill in life because you know being imperfect as we all have to admit that we are you know you are always going to fail of course you're always going to fail of course so the more uh, skilled you are at correcting that course and the quicker you can do that and the more habituated that can become um, then uh, basically yeah you you become you know in essence to all intents and purpose master of your own destiny because you're you're really got your hands on the steering wheel of your life and you and you and you going in the direction that you want to go cool i think we're gonna wrap it on that point and it'd be great if you could just um remind people of how they could uh, get in touch with you and maybe let people know when five pound tea the new website is coming if you if you know if you put a date on that yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> taken up there's there's so much going on to be honest and uh, it's not it's not it's not it's my main business endeavor but it's not my only um business uh, endeavor so it, 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 it it's um, I've allowed other things to slow it down but I will give you know the fully fleshed out five pound tea to the world hopefully within the within the next two weeks we are working on it really well so it's obviously www.5poundtea that's f-i-v-e-p-o-u-n-d-t-e-e.com and uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with me I've got a public page put on um, on Facebook um, should I give my email? Go on then. Or you could email me English at five pound uh, com. And that's English Monroe, your Facebook page, right? Monroe is the Facebook page, yeah. Cool. Twitter, I know I did have a Twitter account. I think I closed it down because I, I don't quite know how to navigate. Oh, I'm going to have to teach you, I know. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again for your time, English. And I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of great stuff in there for listeners. Yeah, thanks so much, English. And yeah, we um, speak to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so again. So, an absolute pleasure, as always, to have English on the podcast. What a top dude. Yes. Less of an interview this time, more of a nice chit-chat. 
mm-hmm. which is what we like. So what did you think, Jim? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, as I say, it was something I didn't really know much about, and I've mm-hmm. sort of been delving, to, delving into it recently, and it's something I'm definitely going to be utilising a lot more. And I think there's a lot of things that people naturally are doing, mm-hmm. which they don't realise are sort of um, assets of NLP, yeah. but it's being really aware of them and you knowing when you can sort of hype them up. Mm. Well, it was, for me as well, I didn't think I knew anything about it. In fact, when you mentioned we were doing an episode about it, I was like, what the hell is that? And then found out that actually I do know quite a bit more about it than I thought. Yeah, I really like that bit you sort of brought up about the whole acting. I know that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. And when you started making that connection, I was like, oh, why did we never think yeah, of that before? I know. Just shows you these great conversations, ideas just crop up. Absolutely. And hopefully it does the same for you guys too. Definitely. That sounded almost like children's TV then. Didn't yeah, that's really patronising. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so patronising. Out of order. Sorry. Anyway... So, if you like that episode, uh, make sure you, if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. We just we don't ask for too much, but uh, that would be fine. <laughs> you should just actually outright ask them to give us five stars. <laughs> what uh, if they don't like What if they don't think it's five stars? Um, what if they think it's three, four stars? I mean, they won't, but... Then don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you meant to say was leave us a review on iTunes is what you meant to say, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Or, um... <laughs> Tell people on social media how, how, how great the episode was. Yeah, that'd be great as well. Just just share or it. Or how dodgy our, our audio is. Hey, come on. I think this is better audio than it has been before. We're, we're so. taking steps to improve the show for you guys. We are. And leaving a review on iTunes just makes it that little bit easier for us to improve the show. So That's what I wanted to say. That is what you wanted to say, rather than just outright asking for five stars. <laughs> 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 As you know, there's um, lots of resources we spoke about in that episode, and I'll be, again, as usual, putting a breakdown on the blog, so you'll have all those different links off to stuff that um, Tony Robbins talks about. Um, I'll, I'll reference a couple of things that um, English said as well, so mm-hmm. make sure you check back on the blog also. And we are always, 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 always after your feedback. Um, even that, if that's just telling Jam off for asking for a five-star review <laughs> shamelessly <laughs> um, so if you want to uh, get in contact with us you can do so in two ways you could email us email email of us email yeah. us first of all you could do that by emailing me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's gem spelled c-e-m or if you prefer twitter as your platform of choice you can tweet me at wayne underscore ingram or you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. Fabulous. There is one more thing we want to mention before mm-hmm. we disappear. Yeah. Uh, Jem, do you want to take the lead on this? Or um, shall you can take the lead on that because okay. I'm just really poor at reading sometimes. Okay. Well, it is Awareness Month for CMT, which stands for... Charcot Marie Tooth. That's the one. Uh, which is a rare neurological condition. Um, which affects arms, legs, and general extremities, uh, causing problems with sort of mobility and dexterity. Um, so we just kind of want to draw that, draw everyone's attention to that. Um, One of our close friends, he, he has that, he, he has that disease, and mm-hmm. so we just really want to kind of raise awareness so that people know a little bit more about it, mm-hmm. and just yeah, just have a little look into it. I mean, the, the charities there, you can donate if it's something that you you might be having an interest in supporting. Mm-hmm. But just again, just to raise some awareness, we're not asking you to put a bucket of water over your head. <laughs> no, no. Although if you want to, by all means, we won't stop you. Um, but if you want to find out more about what's it called? Um, Charcot Marie Tooth. Charcot Marie Tooth. Or CMT. I can't speak today. I am so sorry. CMT. I feel really bad. What's the website, Wayne? Uh, So if you want to find out more, go to www.cmt.com. 
That's Charlie Mike Tango dot <laughs> org dot UK. Yeah, and again, like um, if you really enjoyed this episode and you think there's somebody out there who might also benefit from listening to it, make sure you share it out to them. I mean, we, we're trying to build up the audience. We want to keep putting this show out to people and reach as many people as possible. And we know we can only do that with your help. So yes. please help us. We're reaching out to you. Cool. So um, hopefully we really do want to get more consistent with the shows. But as I say, we've got businesses we're running on the side. We've got work we've got to do as well. And this is this is something that we, we love doing and we'd love to be doing all the time. But again... We're working on consistency. Schedules just just aren't working in our favour these days. Um, Yeah, so enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy the show and um, have a great week. Yes, until next time. And tell us what sort of NLP things you're getting up to. Yes. See you later. Bye. (laughs) 